Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast, where we sit down with everyday people who do extraordinary things. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Hey, everybody. So today I got to sit down with an absolutely extraordinary person. I sat down with Rob, and Rob showed up with uh, his buddy Eric about a week or so ago, and they bought a boat up here, and they're going to sail the boat from here down to North Carolina. And... Uh, I ran into Rob, and Rob just immediately hit me as one of those people that's super positive, just always funny, ready to sit and chat, and just a heck of a guy, and uh, mentioned the podcast, and then over this last week, I've sort of gotten to know him, and then heard some of his story, which, again, I'm just going to say is absolutely incredible, and Rob, by the end of this, is a huge inspiration to me, and unbeknownst to him... I have a a presentation tomorrow that I'm doing, which I, I think he's really given me some insight as well, and uh, hopefully I'm going to be able to pass on some of the, the wisdom that he's collected, and uh, I don't know. I'm just blown away. This was uh, absolutely just an amazing interview, and I'm, I'm so glad I did it, so I'm not going to say anything else, but uh, here we go. You get a copy of that, oh, Rob. Oh wow! For coming Thank on you. the podcast. Oh, I appreciate it. Sharing your story, I'm going to share oh. mine with you in words. Cool. Written I, words. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's neat. That was probably a little harder than uh, actually sailing around the world writing that. Really? Thing. Well, getting it to this final sort of. So, how much help did you have? Uh, over the years, quite a bit. So okay. Initially, I was able to sit down with. Um, uh, the Great Halifax Explosion, like a real full-on New York Times best-selling author. Yeah. Uh, he's written quite a few books, and he, I used to work at this family camp up in Michigan. It was for U of M alumni, and he's U of M alumni, and he was up there when I was giving my presentation, sort of ironing him out, and he sat with me for like an hour and a half, gave me all these tips on how to write the book and all that, and... Uh, the best tip he gave me, though, was you got to find a place that's quiet, you're away from everybody, and you can write every single day for a few hours. And instantly, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to spend the winter in the Caribbean that at anchor yeah. on the boat. It was like the perfect excuse wow. to just go out and not, not, uh, not have a care in the world. And that's what I did. I went down to the BVI, and I would go there, and Dominica, and every morning I woke up, I would spend two to four hours just writing, no matter what. Even if I'm like staring at the keys, and maybe pressed like two buttons, you know. <laughs> but over yeah. over the course of the winter, the book I finished it, and then for probably two years after that, because I didn't really know, I, I tried to get it published, uh, which totally unsuccessfully, and then found that you could self-publish on Amazon with oh. zero cost. Huh. And that was like a savior for me because then all I had to do was get it in its form and then basically do my own publicity. And then people started buying it Neat. and they still buy it every day. How cool. It's crazy. Yeah. So, so that's my gift to you. Oh, I appreciate it. Perfect. Hopefully it's not a hindrance. I tried to make yeah. it a, uh, a very quick, easy read and sort of a fun read. And most yeah. people say they get through it usually within two sittings. Really? Short oh, chapters. Cool. Yeah. Super easy. Well, and the, the one who's going to get it right after I'm done is my daughter. We we swap books. Oh, nice. I mean, yeah. I mean, ever since the first tumor, I mean, I've always read stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. But ever since the first tumor, we just swap books back and forth. And even my granddaughter still reads, you know, 17 now, but she still reads paper books, left to right, top There's to bottom. There's nothing better. <laughs> yeah. it, it feels good in your hands. Yeah. And I, yeah, I've, I've always like, you want to pull the mic just a oh, bit closer? Sure, to sure. Yes. There we that go. Better? Okay. Yeah. I want to make right. sure we can hear it. So I figure the best thing to start with is 
the mast. We put up the mast yesterday, right? Yesterday, uh-huh. Yeah. How was it? Because you were on deck with us when we were doing it. Oh, uh, perfect. I mean... Uh, After I've, our little snafu with wrapping up the wrong thing. Yeah, but that, you know, if something like that didn't happen, I'd probably be more nervous if, <laughs> if there wasn't the foobah, you know? And I was just glad, oh, it's not mine, yeah, you know? But um, no, it was good. So we got... Um, uh, you know, you get the tension as far as you can get it till you're in the water because everything changes when you splash down. So. Most people don't know that. Yeah, no. I mean, the hull shape will actually change once it's actually being cradled by the water, which is yeah. perfect pressure all along. And now it. the keel's hanging instead of supporting. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. everything narrows up and raises up just a touch. And so I'm sure all my all my shrouds are going to be nice and loose. Or, my shrouds, Eric's shrouds. Eric's shrouds be, will be, uh, be all well, nice and loose and all that. It's Eric's boat, yes. and you are going to be acting as the first mate? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, just technical advisor, friend, you know, and all that stuff. We've uh, been boat neighbors for, for a while. And out in so Oregon, on, right? Out in Oregon, Newport, yeah. Oregon, yeah. Oh, Yakina awesome. Bay. Okay, okay. So, yeah, um, beautiful place. Um, so you have, I, you guys have a decent amount of sailing experience. Have you ever made the trip out to Hawaii? No, no. Oh, that's coming soon. Come to a theater near you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I like it. Yeah, when this boat is done, uh, the one we have, so it's a 37-foot Cherubini C, serial number three, but hull number two. They used one as a dummy. As, oh, uh, okay. So um, it's got quite a track record, quite a history. And when we're done with it, uh, sailing south, but I want to do a big tack out to Hawaii, and then into, um, you know, San Diego, check out of the country, and down to La Paz and all that stuff. Yeah. So my daughter's a cancer survivor, and she is like the perfect child on the whole planet ever. (laughs) Um, And and kind of a promise we've kind of made to each other, and then as my tumors started sprouting off and all that stuff, is she and I are swimming with whale sharks. Oh. doesn't matter what it takes we are swimming with the whale sharks now my wife and her husband says we'll stand on deck and take pictures <laughs> they're the <laughs> kindest gentlest creatures of the sea yeah at least I, that's what i've heard well and and if otherwise i'll be shark whale shark poopy in no time <laughs> but i don't think that's gonna happen well they because they inhabit i mean i know they've been spotted in the caribbean mm-hmm. they're they sort of roam the world but they're very populated down off of like the baja peninsula and all that right right see a cortez and, cortez, and all yeah, that okay. and of course if you go straight across you know head straight west and that region of australia and those waters they're in there too they like that temperature band i guess because they're warm water creatures i believe yeah yeah yeah. but from what i understand that uh, current that eric was talking about that'll get that far north they'll head up north in the warm current but they don't like cold stuff i've never seen it but i've heard right well i've never i and when i'm out at sea i don't spend a huge amount of time on deck I mean, when it's nice out, yeah, but if it's not, I mean, I'll, I'll be down here reading in my bunk quite okay. often. So okay. I, I can only imagine the amount of animals and life I've actually just passed right by. Okay. But yeah. I've also seen quite a bit right yeah. up there, sometimes way too close for comfort. You know, I have, yeah. uh, I think some of these videos are on YouTube, but there was the time in the Indian Ocean where I was going through the krill fields. So oh. the, the, the ocean is streaked with blood red krill just by the trillions. And there's whales doing their little bubble maneuver where mm-hmm. they're sort of corralling them. Yeah. And there was one day where these two whales took a real interest in my boat, which is red on the bottom, just like the krill. Oh. But they, they would come up and they'd come right up next to the boat, literally two feet away, and they'd turn on their side so I could see their belly and their, their eye was looking up. And they'd get as close to the boat, I mean, just a foot away. And I'm thinking, you know, one one false move with that tail, take out my wind vane, my rudder, I don't know, because the, they're longer than the boat is. And yeah. uh, I had I had an hour-long experience in the Indian Ocean that I'll never forget. Wow. It was pretty amazing, for sure. So How cool. That had to have been a blast. It's scary, though. It, to me, I don't know. I, I think the... Probably the scariest thing would be if if I had like a family of orcas, 
the killer whales because there's a lot of stuff going on now yeah but that's by the rock of gibraltar so we just yeah just two weeks well three weeks ago we sat there and uh, watched a pack uh, right up in Yakina Bay, right up the canal. Really? Uh, watching the orcas, and they're a magnificent creature. And, yeah, G- Judy's got some film footage of it. So what we'll do when we're restoring this boat, if you got paint drying or something, yeah. we'll just pack up our lit- lunch like picnic and drive out to the drive right drive, to the yeah coast. drive up to the well i mean we're we're less than a, a half a mile away from the ocean so mm-hmm. we'll just drive up the the inlet you know the channel and just sit there and watch the world go by and so now we have orcas coming in and visiting which is and i guess the pod took up residency just right off the coast there they do that yeah, yeah. they sort of find these little areas and they're like all right we're good here well because they mm-hmm. i mean they're they're like family oriented animals they're very much so so yeah but i guess it's just around gibraltar that there's been issues with them banging rudders and stuff well and i i do know that in the past the the fishing fleets that are out there are competing with the orcas mm. because they're pulling these fish out of the sea and the orcas are trying to bite as much of that fish off before it gets to the boat. Well, that makes and sense. You can yeah. only imagine sort of the uh, animosity that goes on between the fishermen and these orcas that are stealing their food or yeah. stealing their fish, quote unquote, their fish. Right. Um, so I'm sure there's a, a side of that story that people don't realize. Yeah. Because you know, fishermen, I, fishermen are out there doing their job and I've seen people do things, uh, to mother nature that you're sort of like, what are you thinking? But uh-huh. when uh-huh. it's your business and that's how you make a living and all that, I, you know, I don't want to say it's understandable cause it's not, but yeah. you can imagine what some people might be doing to, uh, um, what's the word piss off the, uh, orcas maybe. So, who yeah, knows? Who knows? Yeah, and, you know, so I found with, with the fishing community, at least out there in our part of the world, they're really kind of in tune with that. I, and I'm sure there's exceptions. There always is. Yeah. But they really, you know, they try and work in amongst, you know, they, they want the fish to be replenished. So they're not into going out and raping the seas. Right, know? right. And, and the, the average family fisherman is not at all what we expected is it's not at all what we envisioned especially you know with our new boat i mean we walked through you know a, a, a several or a, a couple of uh, charter fishing boats yeah you know before we even get to our boat and then we have you know commercial guys at the other end just because of the size you know and all that stuff and they're the most decent I was kind of nervous at first, you know, thinking we're going to get Popeye and Snarly R. And, no, you, you know, find that, that here in Maine. <laughs> <laughs> or up in Alaska, right? Oh, is it like that? I don't okay. know. No, yeah. the, the Mainers have been absolutely phenomenal. But yeah. they have, uh, you know, there's reputations, lobster wars and all that sort yeah. of stuff, you know. And we just encountered none of that. In fact, our boat was nearly a loss when we got it. And this will be our third Major restore from a basket case. And this is the one that's out in Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. It's called the Manana boat. And anyhow, it um, was pretty much a loss and people are so into it. It's really kind of neat that the local, you know, the charter guys and all that stuff, when we started cleaning it and restoring it and all that stuff, and people are so in tune with it, we'll come back, you know, we spent a lot of time there. We'll come back to it. There'll be a box of parts sitting on the back deck. Oh, really? You know, people saying, man, glad to see you restore this. Glad to see somebody's taking some time. Offering you know, glad to turn around. Oh. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll show up and we, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have little notes saying, I ah, hope this helps with your restore. Oh, you know? that's it's been good. wonderful, you know, so we get like LED lights and exhaust parts and clamps and, you know, just all these things. Yeah, I hope this, love to see the work. Uh, we have this one guy that's, Kind of like what this sailboat couple does out here where they do day tours of sailing. Oh, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, Buffalo Head. Is that what that is? Yeah, the okay. one you see every day. Every day, yeah. yeah. Boy, yeah. Those, those people know how to sail. Oh, absolutely. You do good. it every day for, I think they're on like four or five years of doing really? that. Really? All summer long, wow. multiple trips a day. They could do stuff with a sailboat I can't even dream of. I'm not that good That's yet. A, it's a really sprightly little boat. I don't know what type it is. It's It's older, but it's super light. And so you can just tack it on a dime. Oh, and some, really? But, and they're also so used to pulling in and out of here. You know, he's got it on lockdown. Yeah, yeah. 
It's real pretty to watch, isn't it? It's amazing. But we have a guy that sails like that. It's not the the. It's a. I think it's a forty-two foot islander, forty-foot islander, something like that. Mm-hmm. But he can sail like that. It'll be a super blowy day, and you think, oh, he's he's hitting crap today. You know, he's gonna hit something coming in today, <laughs> and he just. Huh, just How did you do that? There. Give me a bucket of it. You know? Yeah, How right. <laughs> I used to be really good at, uh, we would sail boats that are like 22 feet, Pearson Ensigns. Oh, uh-huh. Great uh-huh. little boat. And yeah. we would sail them on these little lakes in Michigan. And I was always giving rides, doing it for work, all that sort of stuff. And then we'd go night sailing, bunch of beers, all that sort of stuff. But I, for some reason, I think... I, I was just so in tune with being able to sail up to everybody's dock uh. because I was constantly picking people up, dropping people off. Girls had to pee, drop them <laughs> off of the dock, go out, and doing this while having a couple of beers, you yeah. know, as you do. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I used to – that was always sort of uh, a little – a bit of pride, I guess, on my point. Mm-hmm. Anytime I had the chance to pull up to a dock, I'd sort of be like, all right, here we go. This yeah. One. And I'd pull up like just one inch and the whole Captain thing just Captain Stunbuffin is here. Yeah, right? <laughs> Trying to play Captain Ron. You yeah. know, that scene where he pulls in. Uh, <laughs> Throw them rubber bumper thingies over. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd got to a point, we, my, our first boat, once I discovered moving worked, was a lake boat. Yeah. And, and we got a little 22-foot O'Day. Oh, yeah, and, there you go. And we had Perfect. a big, oh, I love that boat. And I got pretty darn good with that because I was out there five days a week, you know, and just, just and hammering you feel, at it. you feel the small boat uh-huh. better than you do the bigger ones. Yeah, and, and I got to where I could sail out of the dock and into the dock. Now, nice. cheating, we had we had the slips that had, I called a bumper pull, you know, a single boat into the slip. And oh, you just, right, dang, right. Dang, 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 yeah, dang, yeah, you know? right. Well, no day, you can't really, you can beat that thing up pretty bad. Yeah. You can handle and it. And I did. <laughs> and, and then we got, we stepped up to the 27-foot Catalina. That one sat on a trailer for eight or nine years and, and took, we did quite a bit to it. I mean, just... I got carried away. We were the only twenty-seven foot Catalina that had a water maker. And <laughs> oh wow! Oh, you got you got tacky with it or well, geary. You know, I I have to be on the water, bobbing, moving. I have to be moving. Yeah, I, you know, and me, I have to do stuff. I can't be that. I hate being disabled, especially from the life I came from. You know, as GM for Atlantic Aviation. You know, I mean, right, right. And then all of a sudden, I'm a nothing. So I have to do something. So I bought this basket case, uh, Power Survivor 40E basket case water maker. Yeah. And I just had to make it work because the boat was done. <laughs> you are a man who likes a challenge. So so I just, you know, well, let me see what I can do with this. And so I made a water maker. And, How long know, that take you? Oh, you know, I worked on that for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah a few weeks. It was, you know, figuring out the system and got it to where it run on solely solar. I mean, you could run it off a of battery, but the challenge was to make it Chal- work off yeah, of solar yeah, right. and, and all that stuff. So we got a water maker out of the deal at about a third what they're going for, maybe a quarter, something like that. Suckers so are expensive. They are. They they're are. Insane. I, I just have one of the uh, little hand pump emergency oh, uh, catadine crate, ones. Cratodine, that's the name. Yeah, yeah. And it's it pumps out one gallon per hour with constant slow, you know, thing. Uh-huh. One of the fans of the show actually sent a video uh where these guys describe using a motor from a windshield wiper out of a car oh. because it's that timed duh, back and forth because you can't duh, pump duh. those things too fast. You can't pump them too slow. It's this yeah. one second, one second, one second. And I always tried to figure out a way I could rig that thing up. But then, yeah, this is, so I'm going to sort of dive into that because it does. I normally just catch everything from the air. But there's places on the planet where you can't do that. Like off of the coast of Africa, even, you know, pretty much the whole Atlantic from Africa halfway across, there's so much dust in the air that contaminates the water with bacteria. And then after, even if I put the water in the fridge after two days, it, it, it's, you can't drink it. It stinks, tastes really bad. You get this, this gray cloud in it. And uh, uh, I've I've had it where I've I've actually consumed it and, it and it made me sick within about twelve hours. 
Wow. Yeah. So I'd have never thought of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, though, uh, I'm you know if it's raining really hard, I'll catch it and I'll I'll just drink it. But for actual storage, there's just something certain places you can't catch it on the planet because okay. there's just junk in the air. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, I really like that power survival. The mem or survivor. Yeah. The membranes are cheap as far as water makers go yeah you know um you can go longer duration of time and and some people say well it only does 1.2 gallons per hour it's like if it's running half the day on solar power how much you know you you don't have to use all that much anyway yeah i need enough for me and judy you know i mean and we got water storage but you know and we'll catch rain and stuff but it's really just two people and so if you even only run it two hours a day if that's all the sunshine you can get and all that we're good. Yeah, that, <laughs> you know? that definitely so, works. No, for yeah. sure. I mean, I I typically out out at sea, if I have plenty of water, I'll probably go through close to two gallons a day. But that's coffee, dehydrated food, um, drinking water because I you know you're you're awake a whole lot more I think oh, when I'm on yeah. a boat. So I typically drink about a gallon a day, if if I don't have any limits. Then you've got, you know, cocktail hour, so you got to mix up some sort of drink with that. I factor everything in, you know. After all the mistakes I've made, I factor it all in. And now with one of those soda streamer things, oh, geez, carbonated water. It's like, oh, guilty pleasure. <laughs> but my, I, my daughter would love you. you know, she, she lives for her her cocktail hour. <laughs> yeah. In our family, that's a staple. It always yeah. has been, and... You know, it's never a whole lot more than that, but there's mm-hmm. something about that that sort of gathering of everybody. The day is over. The work day is. Let's all just kick back, relax, have a little conversation. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, sometimes well, it's a little better over uh, a little cocktail. Well, and I figure with her, you know, she survived a really wicked cancer. Tough kid. Went on to pass the police academy after, you know, after all the chemo. How, so, how old was she? She's, I think, was 21 by the time the, the cancer was done. I'm trying, she's, well, she's 37 now. We just passed her 15 years of the last chemo treatment. Wow. So, uh, which is, you know, big news. I yeah. Mean, big news. And, and uh, anyhow, so she, she likes her drink, you know, and, and she does, you know, doesn't get carried away and all that stuff. Right. But it's just really neat. I'm not a big drinker. I think most of it's because all the medicines I'm on. So I, you know, I always say I'm a cheap date, 12 pack a year, need it or not, you know, and, <laughs> and, and so on. But when we go out there, it's just funny. It's just, she just starts, oh, Papa, you got to try this. I bought this just for you. And, you know, I, she's a little girl. I, okay yep, <laughs> you know, i'll try it uh, you know and, <laughs> yeah so that's the one time i do let loose is is she just the greatest bartender and that's you know that's what her and her hubby do and boy they're they're good at it so hey it's they, good bonding <laughs> and you know what yeah. I, if anybody knows that uh life can be short and you got to live it up i'm sure she does as well as you do yeah, yeah. i've only gotten a glimpse of it you know, doing some of the things that I do that put me in positions where I'm sort of like, uh, am I going to make it through this? Yeah. But you guys have, have lived it to an extent that I, you know, and I, that's one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on the, on the show is obviously the sailing stuff for sure. And you're just a heck of a guy, but that's, that's sort of the thing. I mean, from, from the minute I met you and you guys just showed up, I don't know, was it's been a week? Two weeks? Yeah, a little over a week. Yeah. yeah. And I to see somebody so positive oh. <laughs> and just outgoing and just, yeah. just really living life is is great. And then to get to know you and find out that you've been through all these things and you've dealt with them. And I I don't know. I always question how I would react in those situations. And I'm I'm dying to know how you can pull off just being so positive and just forging forth. I mean, I talk to people about that. I'm doing a presentation about it tomorrow. Oh, are you? Yeah. And I feel like I, I, the, the amount of knowledge I have pales in comparison to what you do. Well, so my daughter's really the one, I mean, to watch her muscle through that chemo, you know, and, and and to go through it. Cause here she is. She's, she's a, 
a single mom now all of a sudden there's we didn't know in in that age group so her her ex-husband um as soon as he found out she had cancer and there was other things going on but he bailed on her hard so here now all of a sudden she's a single mom with cancer you know and and it's really a shame with him because he was my apprentice oh (laughs) no yeah so he kind of bailed on you too yeah oh and it just like uh, you know stab me in the heart stuff Mm -hmm. um so that was tough but she powered through the whole thing and doesn't mean there wasn't weak times she met a lady that um was kind of a coach for people going through. Yeah. But, oh, but what I was going to say, there's a 62% jump ship rate for people that get cancer oh, in that age group. right. But 62% of them will just, you're done, bye. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, like, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, and just Well, bail. actually, you did if you got married. <laughs> you did, You yeah. want to read the contract? Yeah. No. So, you know, she, she really powered through it, and she had bad times, and she had good times. There were times where... You know, she just wanted it to end. And I understand that. You know, yeah. I don't think less of her of it. And, of course, you know, her mom, our our Judy, is just as solid as a rock. She's just always there. She just, you know, she never missed a, a cancer treatment uh, or, you know, a, a chemo treatment. Yeah. Never missed one. I could only endure two of them because, like, you're doing that to my little girl, not still breathing. You're not, you know, uh, I, I, know, I really right? struggled it, you know, but... Judy never missed a one. There was one time we'd forgotten about the time change stuff. Yeah. And we were flying in and out of Mexico for a, for a, a American-owned cattle ranch. And everybody says, oh, must have flown drugs. Yeah, that's why I'm so rich now. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyhow. Is that why you pull up in a limo every day here? <laughs> you saw that, did you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyhow. Um We'd forgotten about the time change, and I was flying. We were flying back so that Judy could go do the cancer treatment with our daughter. And then we realized, time change. So Judy literally jumped out of the airplane while it was running, ran to the truck. I went and put the airplane away, and she went and picked her up and took her to cancer treatment. Oh, wow. But she never missed a one. Same thing with my stuff. You know, she's gone through three of these tumors with me, and, and, oh, two... Broke the left ankle twice going downstairs, right ankle once going downstairs, and my some joint in my back, I can't remember the name of it, going downstairs because of this stupid vertigo and these well, tumors. How how old were you when, when you first started noticing um, something was wrong? The vertigo started setting off. That was well, the telltale right yeah, there? Yeah, but we didn't know. It's such a rare tumor that we didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, and... And then in the middle of it, so we started going to doctor trying to figure out what was this vertigo crap. And you know, there's a thousand different ways you can go. Well, and can I pause you there? What does vertigo feel like? Like what I I, I haven't experienced it. So a lot of people think it's like being drunk, and it's not. It's different for most every pe- person. So when I have an event, if I was looking right at you, mm-hmm. oh, am I not? Sp- anyhow, if I was oh, looking right at you, just this quick, like the Nike symbol, your head would be right up there. Whoa. Just like that. So I always forward and right because all of a sudden you are there. And so I'm going to go, huh, you know, to, to, and, and, and it, just that quick. And then it's right back. Yeah. When I have a really bad event, you'll see my left eye go like the Nike symbol about 60 times a second. Really? Trying and, to follow it. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and, and so. I could understand how you might fall if that happens where you're yeah, standing so up. So you're going down a flight of stairs and all of a sudden that handle is there. Yeah. Go, you know. <laughs> Holy smokes. Over you go. So I've I've learned it. So that's been, uh, first tumor was seven, 2014. Yeah, 2014 was we'll the first one removed. a bit closer. Oh, sorry. Yeah. 2014 um, was the first removed one. But yeah. they figured it was growing about two and a half years before we found it. And so what was it that, do they do like a CAT scan to find yeah, it? Yeah, they finally did and and saw this tumor growing in there, and they had to go to a specialist, which we were really lucky. I'd just been transferred from Casper, Wyoming, to... Um, That's where I'm from. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. I'm a native Casper. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, so I was the GM for Atlantic Aviation. Oh, and, my God. Yeah, there uh, it became, well... 
I don't know what years you were there, but oh yeah, yeah, it was when I was I was basically my mom and dad were living there. My dad was working in a uranium mine. Oh yeah, yeah, which might explain the web toes. <laughs> And the idea of going off gills, to sail yeah. around the world, yeah. <laughs> uh, but she, they drove to Indiana, Indianapolis. They gave birth to me and drove right back. So technically, I'm a, a, a Wyoming native. Okay. Yeah, okay. so that was 1979. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I was the GM there for a few years, and, and then we, they'd sold that shop and transferred me out to Eugene. Yeah. So I kind of had to start from scratch, you know, kind of had to start... You know, as far as the vertigo was concerned, right, new right. doctors, new stuff. <clears throat> and they and still I, hadn't diagnosed it. Yeah, and point. I was working, working, working. And it was finally till I'd actually got a split inside the ear canal, not the eardrum, the ear canal split. The tumor got so big that it started crushing everything. I was losing hearing. Oh, the headaches geez. are, the headaches are. And I'm trying to hang on to a career, yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean, so my guys that, that I, you know, worked with, my crew was really good. It, you know, I, I, I always had this telltale back then. I don't anymore when I knew I was going to have a vertigo day. And I'd, you know, I'd tell the guys, having a vertigo day so they knew i'd stay on the ground and they'd climb the you know up to the engines or yeah you yeah. know and all that you stuff. were working on planes yeah at that point. yeah jet mostly jet aircraft but yeah. okay um so you know i do the inspecting from the ground and all that stuff and they were really worked with me great set of kids you know yeah, kids. yeah they're yeah, in their right. 30s but they're kids so, you know? yeah they're my kids hey if and, you're 30 <laughs> seconds younger than me i'm like ah, <laughs> yeah. you got the whole world at your doorstep <laughs> yeah <Jeez>. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, anyhow, they finally found it and, and the first one came out and, and it did a lot of damage. So the, the removal of it uh, no, or the, it had the, done damage. Yeah. The tumor itself emits an enzyme that eats bone. And so it just starts eating stuff. And, but the funny thing was it didn't eat that, that stirrup bone, but it had bored a hole in the base of my skull. And of course, ate the, two of the balance tubes, the spine Jeez. for him, which it, was the vertigo. Yeah, right. And and it shoved that stirrup bone into my brain. Now, so I got to tell you my weird sense of humor because I you've noted a little bit of it already. It's wonderful. <laughs> Don't ever let it change. So this doctor, <laughs> this doctor who I didn't know, you know, and he's the who's who of. Um, uh, he's a, one of the only three that'll do him at this level. This, yeah. This tumor, and and he's he's the neatest guy, but he's got a weird sense of humor too. So he's showing me this stirrup bone, right? And and yeah, that's that's in your brain. All I see ever look at far side. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the I got far, a comic up there. Oh, the far side where Grandma can't find her cat, and she stands up and is stuck in the crack of her butt. Yeah, that, yeah. That's all I <laughs> that's saw. Right. All I saw was this, because the way the brain was like this, and it looked like that stir bone was stuck in Grandma's butt crack. <laughs> so I start laughing, you know, when this guy showed me, I got a stirrup and a stirrup bone pushing into my brain. Yeah. Anyhow, so I knew. I, excuse me, uh, that's not funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he just laughed too because he's he's funny. When you're at that level, you don't have to use the fifty cent words anymore. You know, no. he's just he just a good old guy too. Um, that one was when I found out what causes these tumors. Most of them, that one hit me hard because it's it's primarily caused by generally childhood abuse, oh. and and so all there is is theory. It's so rare, but 95% of the people that get these were survivors of childhood abuse. The other 5% were the kid that fell into the ice and had a whole series of infections. Or So when you go in in constant trauma. Like um, getting your ears clapped and stuff right. and getting hit. When you're like that as a child, they, they never develop. They're, they're supposed to be pockets, air pockets in the mastoid. And and there's and so this side I have the pockets in the mastoid. Uh -huh. This side I don't. The poor girl taking the first uh, CAT scan was supposed to focus in on these pockets in the mastoid. Mm -hmm. I don't know any of this stuff. And she's like, I can't. I and she did it four times. I can't find these. Well, it ends up they don't exist on me. I don't have them. When you're in constant trauma, those they those holes develop. don't develop. So most people that get these hit 50-something, which I was, oh, I don't know, 54, I think, or something like that. Hit 50-something. The only theory is, this is only theory, is, is 
the body says, you still don't have those porous holes in there. We're going to make the DNA says, you need holes, make hole. So this, this tumor grows out and it eats bone and emits this enzyme that eats bone. So most of my mastoid is gone. The, the attic part where the, the, um, top of where all the ear stuff is yeah has eaten it's eaten up into the base there and and a pretty good size hole there now the the last tumor the the temporal lobe actually started to sag through there oh really yeah almost cut because a sharp edge almost cut that tympanic sack brain sack which i guess is a very painful ugly death so yeah it's a it's a form of meningitis infection or something something oh, something, something and that was the second one that did that, that? Is sec- well, first second and third first, they are all doing just, it yeah, yeah just the third one was the biggest how much time was there in between these two and a half years Seems each time that, yeah keep on growing about every two and a half three years yeah yeah and the second one was supposed to be the end of it and and even this guy that's a specialist and he's he's a great doctor i don't have any doubt in his abilities or care you know i know he he's a good guy he's a yeah. good man um second generation ear nose throat surgeon so he he knows something yeah you know? right and, it's in his dna yeah yeah he's a good guy but even on this one you know when he said we got to do it again and we've got to do something different but i don't know what that looks like the one thing that i love about him he's very honest you know even if it's not what you want to hear yeah he's very honest about it but in a caring manner you know right and and when he said that i about shrunk because my daughter and i had just had the conversation if we have to go through all this again would we you know yeah how how invasive is i like is it a long recovery for each one of these well boy number two was the worst one it was it was weeks before i could do anything except for crawl to the bathroom oh my and gosh. crawl into the shower yeah, you know? yeah i mean i just vegetated now on the second one they also tried all these different test meds on me because it's an unresearched tumor so hey try this i mean I was dreaming of Walt Disney and Dr. Seuss, man. I mean, it was, you know, and, and all this stuff to try and keep me from falling, which, you know, we finally found one that's pretty, it, it doesn't cure me, but it helps. Yeah. It takes the big stuff off. So, and I haven't had a substantial fall. Well, that's not true. It was good enough. I went back to work again in another career, you know, trying yeah. to do something different. And See, and you just keep forging ahead. Yeah, I can't help it. It's so impressive. I like to work. Yeah. I don't like I always tell people I, I don't want to be that that uh disabled guy drinking beer watching Judge Wapner, you know. I just I just can't do that. Yeah. Um so restoring boats works for me. It keeps me moving. Yeah. I'm yeah. always moving. And it keeps me busy, you know, keeps oh, me going. Boat will keep you busy. <laughs> does freaking and, and then you get to meet some of the coolest people you know you i mean do. you know i mean i got to meet eric you know who was just a dock neighbor that we had and oh really that's know, how you guys started yeah getting to yeah know each other. yeah i was we were just finishing up that 27 foot catalina um which was a fun restore i just very much enjoyed it um you know and i know there's better boats and all that stuff but you know what there's worse too oh <laughs> heck know? yeah and boat, every boat's different yeah. every boat's got its charms its pros its cons you know yeah and the the catalina we planned on keeping on the lake there the lake that's close to us but because of the droughts and stuff we couldn't even get it in the water oh you know? is it is it the lake levels are dropping out there yeah even yeah. as far as oregon huh yeah yeah oh yeah. wow i didn't know that. and and it, we could have got it in this year, but it didn't matter. We ended up with the with the Cherubini, you know, and yeah. which, which fits us. It's everything we wanted in a boat, you know. Well, except for the jacuzzi, but other than that, wow, <laughs> the, beggars can't be choosers. That's the going joke. <laughs> I'll be out working on the deck, and the the charter guys will go by, and you know they're very supportive, very nice guys. This one kid in particular is. Have you got the jacuzzi done yet? I'll be down with a six pack, you know. Just hooking it up now, man. <laughs> yeah. Know? It's getting warm. Getting warm. <laughs> um, but anyhow, it it's uh yeah. Oh. Well, that I I can definitely understand like the the sort of keeping busy and all that, but I, that that draw to just recoil 
into, like you said, you know, drinking beers and watching TV is strong. I mean, it that is, is definitely strong. Mm-hmm. And, and to be able to sort of push that aside and then just keep going and, and keep living, keep doing things and experiencing new stuff. And I think that's it's so essential for my own mental health. I know that if I if we have like a, a bad weekend up here where the weather's really crummy and Murph and I party too hard Friday night, the rest of the weekend I'm sort of like, ah, I'm just going to watch videos and eh, mm-hmm. I won't really do feel like such a loser at the end of the weekend Mm -hmm. if it's a weekend where i get projects done on the boat and maybe get a couple of chapters done on the next book or make a podcast do that i feel so much more ready to go hit up the next week and do more productivity and i i don't know i I, we're built to be productive i think so and and when you're not so you know the 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 keys to it. I did a really bad job on the second tumor, uh, as far as being a human. Did a poor job. Um, I was angry because of what caused the tumors. Yeah, I was. Um, I can imagine that. Yeah, I was angry because I. I mean, I lost everything. I worked so hard to be a pilot, and, yeah. and that was that was like sixty some odd pounds ago too. I'm on this steroid that I have to take every two weeks, and. and you know, with this steroid, I can walk by a donut shop and look at the ad and gain two pounds. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, it just, it's just, you know, so I have to deal with that. I'm no longer a pilot. I'm right. no longer allowed. I'm no longer an inspector, aircraft IA inspector. I'm no longer an AMP. You're they a sailor, though. Yeah, I am. But it took a while to get there because I just lost everything that I worked so hard for. Yeah, yeah. And then now, you know, you're a GM leading all these guys and now you're a guy you're the guy on king of the hill standing there with the beer going <laughs> yeah you know wasn't and, life great back when yeah so you know and so it just really jacked with me but i've got a, you know really good family i got my my girls you yeah, know i got support judy we only have you know we have the one kid our daughter and one granddaughter because she can't have any more so we just one 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 you know i got my right. three girls there you go and and um they're very very supportive very useful. But when I do nothing, I become a jerk. I don't, it's not a plan, but it, it I really, yeah. yeah, it happens. And, and I, they don't deserve me being a jerk. So I had to really fight out of it. One of the things that really changed for me was finding out that I had PTSD, which for me, I always thought that was for the bad, the tough soldiers. Yeah. I always thought that was for, you know, the, the Rambos, the, our Vietnam vets, our, you know, Iraqi vets i always related that to soldiers you know i i always i I do these self-help things and so on and i had this one guy as you know it's like hey i need to i want to take this course you have here you know and and he was really good guy he says well you can take it but with what you've taken you really don't it won't won't help you could you take a test for me and i'm like yeah okay and, and so I took it, and he's like, okay, I'm going to send you another one. This one's big. Would you do it? And I was on the road a lot, so I said, well, I'll take it on the road, and I'll fill it out, and I'll, you know, get it to you. And, he's, and he says, um, and, you know, at the end of it, you can take that course. It's fine. It won't hurt you, but it won't do you any good. You have PTSD with traumatic brain injury. Wow. And, and what was really funny about it, a friend of ours was, was, that we'd met, in Oregon is we, you know, he kept on telling me, you got PTSD, you know, now he's a Marine vet, you know, combat vet from, from Vietnam. He knows Great guy. what he's talking about. Well, I thought, you know, that's just for you guys. You're, you're full of crap, old man. <laughs> you know? mm. and, and so on. And I haven't seen half yeah. of what you've seen. Are you and kidding me? This guy that tested me gave me two names. Well, this friend of mine, Gerald, I hope I can use his name. Is that okay? Yeah, well, sure. Gerald sure. Nicholas. He was... On one of the, he says, I got two guys that I would refer you to, Gerald Nicholas and somebody else I don't know. And so I had to call up Gerald and say, all right, you're right, old man. You suck. You know? <laughs> but, but that got me on a really good road. It's um, a place called Reboot Alliance that does PTSD stuff. And it really helped me. The, one of the biggest things is getting rid of all the anger because I had lots. You yeah. Know, lots of anger. And it really, you know, I found out I could be mad at my father for this and that, you know, uh, for, uh, you know, the, the abuse and all that stuff. I can be mad at him, 
but it doesn't change a thing. It's not going to do you any good. Mm -hmm. It just did me harm, and and it did my girls harm, you know? I mean, we have a great relationship, so it's not like I did anything lasting harm and and all that stuff, but... Yeah, you didn't repeat the cycle. No, absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't do that. Which, I I mean, mm -hmm. you know, plaudits to you, because that's... Isn't that, and I'm obviously no expert, but isn't that part of the problem is that it's one of those cycles that continues because, you know, somebody gets beaten up as a kid and they get older and they have that and they have that resentment and that anger inside of them. Mm -hmm. And without even knowing it, then all of a sudden they take that anger out on their kids and their kids do it to their kids and it can just keep rolling and rolling. It does. And so I... I just kind of really did different. I, this is kind of a sidebar to the story, but I broke away from that in a different way. So I left home when I was very young and, and you'll find this funny since, um, so I grew up in Sonoma, California, Sonoma County. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, anyhow, I ran away when I was very young. How old? Uh, Well, you know, I mix up those years, but I was in the neighborhood of 17. I think, I think before I was turned 17. So before you were finished with high school. Yeah. I did go on and get my GED just to like prove everybody wrong. Yeah. And, And then I went on in further education after that, but I left and I put as much real estate between me and them as I could. And when I ran away from Sonoma, California, I drove a 64 El Camino from Sonoma, California to Portsmouth, New Hampshire down here. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had some friends, long story how that goes. I had a job for anybody that's out there, New England homes, painting cranes under the Kittery Point Bridge. That's where I went. <laughs> really? And that's been, what, 45 years ago. Oh, know? my gosh. But, uh, yeah, I put as much miles between me and me and the old man as Heck I could. Yeah, good for you. And, and um, anyhow, I, I just had to break away from that whole. And I, now me and most of my siblings get along really well um, yeah. and all that. It's been, it's been a tough struggle. But the biggest part is I had to get rid of that anger because I, the, the second tumor, the anger about destroyed me. I mean, it just, you know, the, I don't know if it's feeling sorry for yourself. I don't know what the honest answer is for that, but yeah. I was so just enraged. You took everything from me, you know? It, it almost becomes a tumor in itself, like it a does. psychological tumor. It does. But it's one that, would you agree it's one that you can actually deal with without the help of, or well, no, I shouldn't say that, because you, you definitely had help from other people to realize yeah. it was there and all that. Yeah, it's much like, you know, you need you need a doctor to help you with a brain tumor. But I don't know, I guess if I had to choose one or the other, I'd probably want the psychological one just because I feel like I could work through that. You could do with it. Yeah. I don't have health insurance either. So, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but I get a brain tumor. It's like, yeah, ah. I so I got this, um, you know, the, the the real help came from Gerald Nicholas and he did a he did a program called uh, rally point which really describes i think once you understand what ptsd is you can accept the fact that i'm not retarded i'm not broken i'm different mm-hmm. my hardwiring i got hardwired program different so i'm never going to be like you you are never going to be like me i will never react to certain situations like other people do yeah because it was hardwired in to me you know the um you've got that experience yeah and so i got to really and between the the second and third i really got plugged into ptsd and now i work with a lot of others and and i help out a lot of other people you know just just understand what your ptsd is and just understanding makes a big difference because this whole time you go through life thinking like, I'm messed I'm up. Broken. Yeah. yeah, I'm broken. And I'm not. I'm just reacting to things that most people don't endure. You know, and under so once you start understanding PTSD and triggers and traumatic brain injury and how it works, it's like you're allowed to give yourself a free pass to why I don't think the way others do. I I have a very dear friend, wonderful man, wonderful guy, who just couldn't he loved his mom had a great mom and he couldn't cry when she died Mm. and and 
you know, he just feels I'm the worst son in the world. I'm the, you know, and all that. And he really loved his mom, you know, and, and, uh, you know, really struggled with that. But once he started understanding what PTSD is, why these things are shut off and turned on, you know, they're hardwired. They become part of us, Yeah. you know, and once you, once you can get past that, then it's okay. I mean, it's not okay to, to do the lashing out that, PTSD guys do that hurt other people and stuff, but it's okay to feel some of these things. Yeah. And once you learn how to feel things and not let everything turn into rage and not, and once you get rid of that anger and all that stuff, the trick is keeping the anger away or things to, that can make you angry away after you realize it. That's, after you realize that's the it, chore, yeah. you know, it's like, nah, you know what? I'm not going to have that conversation because I'll get pissed and I don't need, don't need the anger. Right, you right. Know? So when a COVID Karen gets in your face and all that stuff, you just got to, no, I got enough nope. thing, I got enough stuff to hate. So I'm good. you go back on somebody else. Go away. Yeah, you know? yeah. Although I did learn barking back at him is pretty fun. (laughs) (laughs) You only get a free pass because you've had three tumors, all right? There you go. That's what's so funny. You know, I knew we had to sit down when when we were pulling the the whole tumor card. What do you mean you can't launch me on Friday? You know, three tumors, guy. I don't know how long I have left. I'm playing that one. Yeah, Yeah, right? Might as well. I would for sure. Holy cow. Oh, but well, that's a real trick is, is getting rid of all that anxiety and yeah. anger, you know, I couldn't imagine. I I've got somebody really close to me that has been sort of dealing with stuff and it's a lot of it sort of sprung forth with the whole COVID lockdowns, lost his job and then sure. all this other stuff and then started having like anxiety and everything like that. And you can definitely tell uh, you you feel this out of control, like what's going on with me? Why is all of a sudden like I'm not like I don't feel normal like I always do? Mm-hmm. And then you know they, they like pull back away from their friends and all that sort of stuff. And it really is like I, I don't know. You're given some great insight into how you deal with that and deal with it in the correct way. Because like I said, I mean from the minute I've met you. It's great. I've, I've, I instantly was like, this is a great guy. I'm going to always take a minute to come say hi. And I don't know. It it, it really is. It's incredible. I mean, I can't wait to sit down. You know, we're not to divulge from our previous subject, but passage planning to get you guys down to the the Carolinas Carolinas from Maine. I mean, ah, I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be great. I'm glad we still have a few days before. Yeah. Well, uh, you I guys think kick if you off. just get on the boat and go with us, <laughs> I'm I sure Eric could buy you a plane ticket home. I don't you know. know how Jim and Dave would feel about that. Ah, I, I actually did just. I'll, I'll play the brain tumor card for you. <laughs> brain tumor card, yes. I, I got to have a, If Jerome ain't there, I feel it growing. Oh. <laughs> Oh God! Well, I did a uh, a sea trial today for I was gone for an hour and ten minutes, and I got back, and they were they were unhappy, angry in a good way, but they yeah. were like never going to let you do that again. Yeah. You're, you're doing sea trials after hours. Oh, yeah, there you on, go. Which yeah. is a good feeling, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to know your team needs you. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is a good group of fellas here. I mean, it and they're they're people. They're just people. But I mean. This place is a lot more, it, it's, it's a good friendly place it I mean, is. all about the, the whole area. I mean, not just oh, the Rockland, marina, but yeah. it's like a real working town. You know, you've got, you've got a lot of characters around here. Yeah. Everybody's really friendly. I mean, sometimes it can be a bit of a culture shock. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Murph is one of my best friends. He's, he's one of my favorite people. But, you know, if you rock up to him and he's had a, uh, you know, six white claws, he might be a little in your face. <laughs> Uh, and you might be taken aback, uh, but if you get out there and uh, you get to know him and you give him a chance, he's like the most genuine, wonderful guy in the world. He really is. And he, yeah. you know, he he lives out there and he's got that picnic tables. Anybody shows up there, he's like, "Hey, this is for everybody. Come on down. Use it whenever you want." <laughs> yeah, just great. Absolutely well, and, great. and what's his name, Dale? Man, he's what oh, a guy. Daily, yeah. yeah, I just love that guy. I've been <laughs> trying to get him on the podcast. He sort of misunderstood. He thought for some reason. The podcast meant like a video documentary of him. 
Oh. And he's like, I don't know about that, Jerome. And I was like, no, no, no. We're just having a conversation. Yeah, yeah. But this is this is your first podcast, correct? Mm, it is. I, I didn't. My daughter had to explain it to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and honestly, I'm finding it's like, I think that's going to kind of be the niche is is finding people. And, and almost, I'd say, 95% of the people I've sat down with have never done one before. They're really nervous before. Yeah. After a few minutes, I mean, you can. I'm sure you can uh, solidify this. Are you nervous at all anymore? No, no, not uh, at all. No, yeah, it's no. just a conversation, right? Yeah. But it, I, I find that it, it, it leads to like a genuine and interesting conversation because every, every person has these extraordinary events and these things go on in their lives, whether they know it or not. Yeah. And rather than try and talk about pop culture, politics, or any sort of, I don't know, BS that's <laughs> out there, that really doesn't matter much at all. I find that, that people sharing their stories, their challenges, their, their you know, events that have shaped their lives is, I think it's, it's far more interesting and you can take something away from it. Well, and yeah, and you can learn from everybody, and especially when you start learning the things about um, finding your way to peace, you know, finding your yeah. way to, because the the frustration, the anger and stuff will so clutter your brain, yeah. you know, that you can't, you know, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking about doing my, my bowline knots. I, I tie the worst bowline knots ever, you know. Oh, <laughs> but, we can cure that yeah, okay. once we finish this. <laughs> but, you know, and you're sitting there trying to think, and then all of a sudden, boy, I sure am pissed at that so-and-so, right? You know, and it just clutters your brain, yeah. and you can't do other stuff. And I so much rather enjoy being able to make a water maker, you know, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or make a boat that was, you know, near death, come back to life. You or know, just and, look at that funny looking cloud go by. Yeah, exactly. Ah, exactly. That's great. Yeah. Compared to sitting there being like, man, I, you know, I remember that one guy two years ago. How much? Still yeah. making me mad. Hopefully I'll run into him with a broken, a flat yeah. tire somewhere. You, you know? can almost <laughs> feel your blood pressure going up mm -hmm. as you just, it, it's mm -hmm. like your mind wants to set these traps for you sometimes. But it, it does. It, it takes a little bit of practice, but you can shut things down. Yeah. I've found. I mean, I, I often explain about when I set out on the trip around the world, one of the hardest things to deal with in the very beginning was the, the absolute huge scale of what was in front of me. You know, I had just left Gloucester and I had 30,000 miles to go the southern ocean alone is scary enough yeah uh and i remember finally just having to cut it all back down to just one ocean at a time i was like all right i've sailed across the atlantic a couple of times that's where i am right now i can do this i can make it to the equator and then once i get there we'll see how things are going but i'm not going to sit here and think about cape horn while i'm 200 miles off of Cape Cod. Right, right. And, and that actually, I mean, that was a nice little system, but that doing that for that long and over and over again taught my brain how to be able to block like bad, scary thoughts and the worry and the anxiety that comes from so many things. And I was lucky enough to sort of realize that I think through writing the book and, and doing presentations, but being able to realize, oh, okay. I can do that not only on the boat, but I can do that in life. Mm -hmm. And it just takes practice, but you get better at it just like anything else. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the things that helped me too, I mean, as far as prioritizing things is, you know, like you saying, you know, you're looking at the whole world when you just need to be seeing this next stretch of the world. Yeah. You know, we used to have to tear down aircraft for inspection. You know, and it gets oh. overwhelming sometimes. You what know, you, six million parts in one yeah, of those you've things. You've got eight guys, you know, that you're trying to direct, and you know, with things popping in and out, parts, you know, and all that stuff, and it's really easy to get overwhelmed. You know, and and <laughs> oh, yeah, going all right. Um, it's it's real easy to get overwhelmed, you know, and all that. But you have to look at okay, we're we're doing this now. We get that yeah. one done. Yeah, that we'll one's on to the off next. the books through the register. Go on to next. You know, and it's just. Managing managing terrors. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people ask me, they, they, they question how you can provision a boat for, you know, a nine-month trip, essentially a year. And I always tell them the first 
thing I do is I have an empty notebook in front of me and a pen and I start making lists because at least with a list, you know, it might be three or four pages long and a little scary if you look at the whole thing. But if you just look at line number one, boom, you can, oh, okay, I can do that. And you go do it and then you cross it off and then Mm. you look at line number two. And if it's something you can't do that day, you go to three, but you take it one line at a time and then a couple weeks go by or whatever. And all of a sudden, you know, you you've crossed off most of the stuff and now you got this tiny little list. And I don't know, for me, that helps to cut that anxiety because it is, you can look at that. Oh my God, there's 57 projects <laughs> and I only have, you know, 30 days and yeah. all of a sudden your heart rate starts rising and, and doubts and all these things. And come productivity your goes down. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Instead of, instead of being like, well, I'm going to do that one. You're like, how am I going to do all of these? Mm-hmm. And that makes, productivity just well and it generally makes bad work too yeah because you're like i'm in a hurry everything's in panic mode right right exactly exactly well and that's with this presentation tomorrow uh it's sort of dubbed you know weathering the storm because this company is dealing with not only you know coming out of the covid stuff uh but the economy and all the sort of crazy stuff in the news but then also competition from other companies and uh yeah it's basically they're they're trying to gear everybody up because they've been in this storm that they've been dealing with and they're going into more of it and how not to just freak out and want to quit and all that and it's it's sort of like all about well little things like that don't let the whole scope of everything throw you off. Just focus on these little bits that you can chew right off and get them, and then you just commit to it, and all of a sudden, your problem isn't that big in scope anymore. Yeah, yeah. No, it works. I well, I hope you do well on that tomorrow. That sounds well, we'll like see. A- <laughs> yeah. I rented a little a study room in the library because I, you know, we've got wood, good Wi-Fi if you go into the garage, but. It's it's loud and all that sort oh, of stuff. Yeah. Only imagine Dave coming in thinking he's all funny, like, hey, on the Zoom call. Meanwhile, we got people in Singapore, uh, San Francisco, all. These- <laughs> but Dave is funny. Dave is really funny. <laughs> Trying to get him on the podcast because he's lived a, an extraordinary life. He's um, not to not to divulge too much, but he's made a lot of mistakes in his past and paid for them with time mm-hmm. and. Uh, He's the nicest guy I've ever met. He seems he to really be. He really is. Yeah. He really is. And he's he's turned his life around in more ways than one. And I, he's a big part of the reason why I came back up here to work. Oh, cool. Where it's just yeah. like, I know he's going to be here. Jim's going to be here. The rest of the guys, Murph. It's such a good cast of characters. They almost, and don't tell Celia, but they almost don't have to pay me. <laughs> That's how much I enjoy it. I, For I look five bucks forward I won't to tell. It. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I gave you a book. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh man. Well, that we're we're already past an hour, believe it or oh, not. Oh no kidding. I know, oh, wow. I know. Oh. And I, I feel like we could probably sit here and talk for about three hours straight. More than likely, yeah. And who knows? Maybe we'll do mm. a uh maybe after we, we get the passage plan done. Maybe we can sneak you away for about 30 minutes. We'll do a quick one. So, okay, yeah. Uh, we yeah, can get if a you want update. more information, because especially with the PTSD, there's so much that I, I so enjoy working with some of these people. Well, I, I can reach out to them and see if uh, they wouldn't mind me throwing a link to, uh, to it in the description. I don't have a huge amount of followers that, mm. that listen, but I've got enough people where you never know if it helps one person. Yeah, yeah. And they're you know dealing with this stuff, um, so I'll I mm. we'll we'll connect on that, and then I'll yeah. before I put this out, um, I'll I'll connect with them and see if they want me to throw the website in there. So. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess well, the website's public though, right? It is. Yeah, yeah. It's Reboot Alliance. There we go. Yeah, that, and and they just. They really care about our vets and our first responders and our stuff. I care about my own group, you know, childhood folks and all that. Yeah. But I also work with a lot of first responders and a lot of a lot of still currently in-service military guys that are struggling. So yeah, yeah. Some of these guys have seen stuff that humanity shouldn't have to see. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not, and I'm not taking away. They're good soldiers. They're doing a great thing. But it's it's a tougher than normal job. Still, yeah, that that sort of trauma it affects you, and I I know that your brain is trying to protect you mm. from 
like really horrific things that you see and have to experience. Mm. But sometimes your brain does it in a funny way. Yeah. And, and sometimes it takes time to do it. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. we put stuff on the shelf and it don't come off the shelf for years later. Right. Right. Know? Exactly. So, and then all of a sudden it can explode. And, and it does quite often. So. Yeah. And especially since we're losing 22 vets a day to suicide. Oh, Unacceptable. Geez absolutely you know? i mean and it's and it's easy to point fingers and point fault i could care less it's whose just, fingers no, and it's, stuff it's, let's, let's just get stop this, it yeah because these kids are worth it you know right these, these kids are worth the time and you know it's easy to say thank you for your service and that's important but but i mean these kids need need you know sometimes somebody just step up and say you're hurting, I see it. Tell me about it. Yeah. And that's been my best approach. Of course, you know how shy and bashful I am. And <laughs> I can't even believe I got you on here. Every time I see you, you, you shade your eyes and you walk right past. Put on that paper bag, yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. So this means I should shut up now, huh? No, God almighty. I like literally I I've I've enjoyed this conversation <clears throat> more than most. And this is just yeah, this is this is fantastic. Oh, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on. No, oh, thank you. We'll yeah. we'll definitely be hanging out because we got to launch your boat. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I, you be careful because if we do enjoy your company too much, we might not launch the boat. <laughs> well, I guess it's Eric's boat. I, yeah, it's we Eric's boat. I was going to say as long as Celia doesn't charge too much, you know, <laughs> Eric's like, okay, I'll stay here. Yeah, right. Because yeah, exactly. he likes it here too. This is a neat place. Well, yeah. you guys got a prime spot. I have always wanted that spot where you're at stern facing the harbor uh, wake up in the morning view. have your yeah. coffee watch the sunrise murder you, kitty come up and murder, hang out with you oh yeah murder <laughs> kitty is uh murder kitty's come up here a couple of times and if i'm in the mood i'll let i'll let him come on here but i'm allergic to cats so oh all right okay i okay. have to sort of because like, i know if murder kitty gets comfortable murder kitty will be up on probably sleeping in my bed yeah yeah and then well after you told us the name murder kitty i'm thinking oh maybe i should sleep like this now yeah right well it's actually so it, it's name it got named by murph and it's the for the audience it is uh, the yard kitty yeah. and it's a wonderful cat wonderful well, you, cat you would yeah. think a yard cat would just be this strangly old yeah dumpster kitty to people <laughs> just wants to purr and have yeah. a pet yet to gophers and birds and chipmunks and things like that it's murder kitty yeah well and there's a couple times where where murder kitty decided to help me lose screws because i wasn't doing well enough losing oh, them just while like, i'm working on that mask you know it's think. like did you need that? <laughs> <laughs> I kill you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, thank you so much. Sure. And uh, yeah, uh, this was this was mind blowing. I I really appreciate you coming on and spending your time because that's I always say this, but that is our most valuable asset. It's not money. It's not any of that. It's time. Yeah, no doubt. And we got to use it well, especially when you get old like me <laughs> or like me. I got a lot. What's the Indiana Jones quote? It's not the it's not the years. It's the miles. Oh, there you go. I like to use that one. I got some miles. I chose a good profession uh, for uh, at least looking old, because the more wrinkles and sunspots you have as an adventurer, the more authentic you are. Yeah, there you go. I did it on purpose. Yeah, uh (laughs) (laughs) I like that. All Uh, right, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Glad to do it.